and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name's Emma, and this is a podcast where we talk about where I talk about books. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, my friend and former roommate, Laura Noble, and we're going to be talking about The Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. I'm super excited. We're recording this on Zoom, so hopefully the audio quality is good for you guys, but I guess we'll find out when I edit it. So, Laura, do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us uh, whatever you want to. <laughs> Maybe what books you like to read. I don't know. Yeah, would love to. Extremely honored to be the first guest on my good friend Emma's podcast. This is a very exciting moment for me. Um, I mostly enjoy reading fantasy novels, really any flavor. I have really gotten into like secret societies and stuff, as you can tell by the topic of this first book that we're discussing today. Um, but yeah, I mostly just enjoy kind of occult random things that allow me to escape the horrifying reality that we find ourselves <laughs> yes laura picked out this book she read it a couple months ago i think during the summer if i'm remembering correctly when we Did, were at the lake. okay that's what i thought laura read it when we were actually together at her lake house which was super fun with our other friends and then i decided to read it because she requested I read it so she could be on here. But, you know, it was like, it was all good. I was like, yeah, why not? Okay. Yeah, I was a little nervy, like, really actually realizing the book that I had recommended because I was like, I don't know if she's going to like it or not. But I'm very interested to hear your opinion. Okay, Laura, can I tell you something? Okay, I'm going to tell you this. So you told me about this book when we were still at school, I think in February or something, because you had it on your bedside, right? Like, because I was out of books to read, and I was like, Laura's like, hey, I have this book, you can read it. And I respectfully was like, I'm good, I don't want to read that. And then Laura's like, will you read this? And I was like, I guess so. I guess I'm going to read it now. <laughs> I really, like, was in the long haul for trying to convince you to read this book, and you ended up <laughs> Props to me. I know. And so for you guys listening, if you've uh, listened to other episodes, you know that I record them a couple weeks in advance. So it's actually Halloween today. So happy Halloween, Laura. Happy Halloween. Thanks. I'm wearing orange to celebrate. As you can see, I have one orange shirt. <laughs> you do. I am looking like a trash can. I'm very excited. This is only audio. Right hey, now. that's why I do this. Nobody needs to see my face. No, we do not need to be YouTubers. No, that's that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, you're and, killing the pod, like, what would it be, like, book cast situation? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I do like booktubers, but um, that's just not, that's just not my vibe. We, we love a good podcast, you know? I know, I've been getting into more new ones lately, which has been fun. Anyways, this was a very appropriate read for my Halloween week because it was very creepy. It was very weird. <laughs> so before Laura and I get into everything, obviously, I got to tell you all the plot. So I pre-recorded this and you get to hear it. And I tried to make it short and then it wasn't short. So we'll see what I do uh, when I edit and see if I can make it shorter or if I record it again. I don't know. You'll find out as you listen to it. Okay, this is Editing Emma coming at you. I'm just editing this episode, and there are two major things that have happened since I recorded this that I need to let all of you know before I get into the plot summary and then my discussion with Laura. 
The first thing I got to give a shout out to Sarah T. Thank you for your kind words about my podcast. I put this on this episode because you told me you really liked this book and recommended it. And so uh, here's your shout out. Thank you for listening and for loving my podcast. So that's really nice of you and thank you. The second thing is, I don't know if you guys have listened to my Magic Lessons episode or seen my Instagram post. If you haven't, uh, go back and listen to the last episode. The audio quality is really bad and I'm really sorry about that. Um, I didn't want to record it a second time when I sat down and edited it and realized it sucked audio quality wise, but uh, so sorry about that, but it's a great episode. It's a great book. Anyway, so I posted on my Instagram my photo saying that the episode was out and showing the book and whatever, and guess who liked it? The author of the book, Alice Hoffman, liked my post and then shared it on her story. I honestly, I felt so cool. I was freaking out. I was like doing a little dance, but like internally because my parents were standing right there and I didn't want to be too weird, you know? Um, anyways, so that's super, super cool, super fun. This is the closest interaction I've ever had with a famous person, I guess. I mean, famous other than like political wise, because, you know, I did those internships. But anyways, really cool. I'm super pumped and excited about it. So I just wanted to let everybody know that uh, your new favorite author could like your post on Instagram and share it to her story. Dreams could come true. Anyways, let's get into the plot summary that I have already recorded. I'm going to try and make this quick because Laura's waiting on the other line for me to do this so then we can talk, so I don't want to make this too long. Plus, uh, I've been thinking about trying to make these shorter because I'm not sure if you guys really like the plot summary part, if it's just something you have to get through to get to the rest of the episode. So let me know. Give me your opinion because I want to kind of try out some new things, so let me know. Also, two things. As always, this will be full of spoils. spoilers. If you don't want The Ninth House by Lee Bardugo to be spoiled, stop here, read the book, come back, and then listen to the episode. Um, and then the other thing, I just want to give a trigger warning. There are two different instances of rape that occur in this book, and there's also kind of some like very gory, bloody sort of stuff going on that made me a little uncomfortable while I was reading the book. And so uh, we're not going to get too deep into any of those things, but they are kind of important to the plot, so they will be mentioned. And if those are things that are potentially triggering for you, this might not be a book for you. So now let's get into it. This book has an interesting timeline where it's nonlinear, so it goes in between the past and the present. So the present would be winter and the past would be the fall. But it starts out with um, the beginning. No, it starts out at the ending in the spring where Alex, so, oh, I'm so dumb. So before we get started, what is this book about? It is about secret societies at Yale. Galaxy, or Alex, is recruited by the Ninth House, which is Leith, and they are kind of uh, the watchdogs of the eight other houses, and the secret societies at Yale kind of all practice magic. So Leith makes sure that they're not doing anything illegal and that ghosts can't attack them during their different uh rituals and stuff like that and the reason why alex is recruited because she was a dropout from a high school dropout from la who is the only survivor of a really brutal triple or quadruple murder murder homicide sort of thing going on and the reason that yale and leith specifically recruits her is because she can see ghosts or grays as they're called in the book without any help everybody else needs to take this elixir potion thing that's actually could kill you if you take it too many times 
So she's recruited even though she seems kind of out of the ordinary for being a Yale student. Obviously, she'd never even graduated high school. Anyway, so the book starts at the end in spring, and she's hiding in a safe house after being attacked. And you know that this guy named Darlington is missing, but you don't really know what's going on. Then it jumps to the first chapter, which takes place in the present in the winter. And Alex is late for this ritual where it's called like a prognostician or something. And basically one of the houses cuts open an alive person and goes around in their guts and their intestines and stuff like that. And from whatever they find in there, they can predict the financial market for the next quarter. And so while she's there, the ghosts, there's two ghosts that are there, Grays, and they go all crazy acting out. And she's very concerned about what's going on, but uh, everything's fine. And then the next chapter, we flip to the past and it's from Darlington's perspective. All we know so far is that Darlington was her mentor. He is three years older than her. So he's a senior and she was a freshman And she's also 20, though, just so you have an age kind of idea of what's going on there. And he's missing. So now we flip to when they first meet. And he didn't really want her to be the new, his mentee, because he didn't think she was right for the position or anything like that. But he's very intrigued by the fact that she can see Grace without anything else. Then we flip back to the winter and Alex gets a phone call on her way back to her dorm to see her two roommates, Lauren and Mercy. And there's also a third roommate who's irrelevant and uh there's been a murder of this girl named tara hutchinson and so she's been sent to go check it out to make sure that there was no involvement from any of the societies so she goes and she while she's there the scene looks kind of odd but she's not sure exactly what's going on and there doesn't seem to be any real involvement from the societies but she can't let it go and that's kind of the catalyst for everything that happens in the rest of the book So then it's the next day, Alex is struggling at Yale academically. And so her roommate, Mercy, is trying to help her out. And while they're at getting breakfast, one of her professors, Belvum, calls her into her office and they're chatting and she's kind of saying, oh, you could have a future. You just need to apply yourself. If you do well this semester, you could come work for me over the summer. So Alex throughout the book is trying to do well so she can have her normal life. She wants to get Darlington back from wherever he's disappeared to and um, just kind of be able to do that. The whole beginning of this book was honestly very confusing, which is something that I'll be talking about with Laura later. And I'm just trying to be fast. So we're going to kind of skip over that. Then Alex is kind of investigating, trying to figure out why she thinks the Tara murder is super weird. And she's not exactly sure what's going on. We're confused. We don't know what's going on at all. We don't know what happened to Darlington, but we're constantly flipping back and forth, learning about Darlington and then also learning about Alex. Then we get to the middle of the book and we finally get the big reveals about what's going on in both of their lives, like the big secrets. So what happened with that homicide Alex was involved in that she was only the survivor of, how Darlington disappeared. And also we get um, some information on Alex's past. So Alex talks about being afraid of Gray's because when she was 12 and she was on a field trip for the first time, a gray was able to touch her and she actually tried to rape her while she was on this field trip at this butterfly place, which was, it was very difficult to read. Oh my God, that was probably the worst scene to read in the entire book. And then that comes on the heels of finding out that her roommate Mercy was put under, um, she was drugged. And so there's this one, one of the society's manuscripts has this drug called Merity. And when you take it, you're willing to serve and do whatever. 
And we know this because Darlington got drugged one time in the fall when he's showing Alex the ropes. And they he was like kind of putting some moves on Alex. It was very it was very confusing. So Meredy, no, not Meredy, Mercy is raped by this one guy, and Alex goes after him. His name is Blake, I believe. She goes after him and um makes him eat literal poop out of a toilet and uh films it and deletes Mercy's video and everything like that so it can't get around. But then we get the big reveals and we find out that Alex, so Alex talks about her past with Helly and the murder of Tara reminds her of Helly as well as these other guys, Len and stuff like that. We find out that the night that everybody died, Helly was sexually assaulted by this guy, Ariel. And uh, this was after Alex, her and Alex had gone out to the city and Alex was like, we shouldn't go back to the party tonight because this guy Ariel's going to be there and he's really a bad guy. But they go to the movies, Alex falls asleep and Helly goes to the party anyways. So Alex isn't able to do anything and Helly's ghost comes and is like, can I come into your body basically? And Alex lets her in and Helly possesses her and gives her this super strength and they kill everybody else there. So that's what happens. And we find out right before Darlington disappears that he figured out what happened, that Alex let Helly into her body and that was how everything was going down. So he says, you know, I'm going to have to tell Sando, who's the dean, who uh, was the one that extended the offer to Alex, basically. And so then they're leaving just this sort of routine, very easy checkup thing they're doing. And Darlington hears a noise and he investigates it. And he thinks it's a portal, but it's not a portal. And he gets sucked into it, but we're not exactly sure what it is. And Alex doesn't do anything to help and stop. So you're kind of wondering, and she's even wondering, like, did I just freak out? Or did I not want to get kicked out of Yale and lose my spot here and all this different stuff? So that was really interesting. And the whole thing is then Sando brings some people in and they're going to try and bring Darlington back because they think he's been in a portal and that he's just in between worlds. But it turns out that that was actually a mouth and he was eaten by a hell beast. So Dean Sando stops the ritual and banishes uh, Darlington and the hell beast from ever coming back. And they did the ritual at Darlington's house. So he can never go back to the house, which means a lot to him throughout the whole thing. And he has, so they're like, okay, Darlington's dead. We can't do anything. He's been consumed by a hell beast. And the only way you can survive is if you're a demon, basically. So that's really awful. And then throughout all of this, Alex has still been investigating the tarot thing. And she's had a Gluma sent after her, which is an undead sort of being that is kind of like a, a messenger or whatever. And it attacks her and it tries to kill her. But the bridegroom, which is one of the normal greys, and the whole thing is you're not supposed to say the greys' names or anything like that, so he's the bridegroom, but his real name is uh, Albert something North, or mostly we just call him North, and he attacks the Gluma and protects Alex, and the two of them meet in an otherworld place so they can talk, and North says that he did not kill his um, fiance Daisy, like everybody says he does, and he wants her help to figure out who did, and in return, he'll try and find Tara for Alex so they can get information from her. So Alex is going along, and she connects Tara to a couple different societies, and there's one, so we find out she's growing drugs for two of them. She's been introduced to portal magic by one. She was low-key sleeping with somebody in another one. She has, like, all these different connections, and so 
we're really trying to figure out who did it, blah, blah, blah. And then Alex is in the house and uh, throughout this, she gets attacked a bunch of times and she's helped by Oculus, i.e. Pamela, Pammy Dawes, who is a grad student getting her PhD, working on her dissertation is just kind of there to help her out. And it's a pretty cool character, but uh, me and Laura probably won't really talk about her. So whatever. And so the two of them are working it out. They're at the house and Blake, if you remember the guy from Mercy in the video and all that, he shows up and he tries to kill Alex. And then Sando shows up and he, Blake has this drug that makes you do whatever, right? And so he tells Sando to kill Alex. Alex calls the spirit jackals, which is how she gets the bite mark on her side that we see at the beginning of the book. And they attack and they save her. And then Dawes comes in and she ends up killing Blake and whatever. So then... Alex, like we said, she's in the safe house and she finally goes back into looking about North because North says Darlington was looking into his case and she finds his notes about all these dates. And it turns out that the dates correspond with murders of girls and the years that all the different tombs for the societies were built. And the tombs are important because they are the nexus of magic. So Alex realizes that Tara was killed in order to make a new nexus, if that makes sense. And she puts it all together that it was actually Sando who killed Tara. And that's, and he was the one who also killed Darlington because Darlington went to him and told him about it. So, and so Alex goes to a party to confront Sando and has a recording to get his confession. And in the middle of getting the confession, because he says, yes, he did it, all this different stuff. Balbum, her professor, remember the one who was offering her a job and represented normal life walks in and she is actually daisy north's dead fiance she's a wheel walker which we find out alex also is and this basically means that they that's the name for what alex is for being able to see grace and commune with the dead and stuff like that and we find out that she after she died consumed her maid soul and so every time she consumed a soul, that was when a nexus was formed, which is why Tara's death didn't form one. And so Alex is able to call forth all of the greys and they go and attack Bellum, i.e. Daisy, in order to defeat her and stuff like that. And then she ends up winning and kill- and Bellum dies. Uh, before she dies and everything, she kills Sando and then Alex escapes and everything's okay. And then the very end, we see Alex and Dawes formulating a plan to get Darlington back because they say they don't think he's dead. They think that he's still alive because when Alex talked to North the first time, she kept hearing this murmuring and she realizes that it was saying gentleman demon and Darlington is definitely a gentleman. And so he has to be this demon they were talking about. And so the only way, though, that you can be a demon is if you have killed somebody. So that's how it ends and on this cliffhanger of who did Darlington kill? And so that leaves you really wanting that next book. So this was the plot summary. So now let's throw back to my interview. I don't know, my discussion with Laura. All right, Laura, now we can start having the fun part of this and discussing. Um, I don't know if you if we want to start with anything you've got, or I think I want to start with one thing first and then we can go from there. So kind of going off of this, like Laura recommended this to me and I was kind of unsure. I was so confused when I started reading this book for the first 70 pages, probably. 
because like I said in my plot summary, it starts out in the spring, which I've read books before where the, it starts out in the, at the end of the book. That wasn't what was confusing to me, although I do have questions as to why that scene. Like, I just, Laura's making like a what movement right now. I have no idea. Like, like instead of sleeping last night, oh my God, I have my book right next to me too. Here it is. Okay, I'm gonna request you take a picture from my Instagram. <laughs> do you want to like take a screenshot? Oh my god. Let's yeah, let's do it right now. Wait, I gotta find print screen. Okay, here we go. Okay, I print screened it, so hopefully I got it. Anyways, um what was I saying? Okay, I just don't understand why I start with that scene. It didn't like when I got then to the end of the book, I was like, this didn't really the scene right there doesn't really add anything to the book. Okay, so I really started reading this book when we were at, well, I don't know. I remember first starting to read this book, and I was like, what is going on? Like, I'm so confused. What is happening here? And I realized they had this man cut open. Yes, yes. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I thought this was going to be kind of like a cute, fun, like, you know, more like young adult focused, whatever. And it was just like, no, we slicing people up here. Like, what we're doing now. That was in the first 15 pages. I was so disgusted. Like, I literally, my heart was like making weird movements in my chest. And I was like, oh my God, this is so gross. And the thing is, I got really confused because we start in early spring. And then we flip to winter in the middle of what's going on, which is fine, but I was confused and disgusted. And then the very next chapter is the fall. And then I just got even more confused. And then after the next two chapters, I was less disgusted and less confused. And by the end of it, I did enjoy the book and I need to know what happens next. No. <laughs> so I texted Laura immediately after I finished it. And I was like, I was under the impression I don't know why I was under this impression that this was a standalone book, but the way it ended, there's no way it could be a standalone. No, it should not be. And I know the author has like another, like another universe. The Grisha verse. That was like the Six of Crows is huge in the booktube community. I've never read it before, but it's like really big. Yeah. And so, like, I figured that she would probably have to, like, you know, write the next book for this. Yes. It, I was like, I want to immediately read the next book. I got to know what happens next. Like, what yeah. do you do? You have to wait? And, and like, I, like, looked on, I, I, like, tried to look her up, like, on Twitter and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I found a tweet from, I think, actually, October of last year that said that this is going to be a series. She wants to do five books, but. She's not sure how many, but it will be a series. But nothing's been announced so far. So my guess is we're going to have to wait probably at least another year for the next book. Gosh. That would just be my guess, though. Yeah, that would make sense. I hope, like, I really enjoyed it. Okay, so, like, starting off with one of the, are you finished with, like. Yeah, we're, we're done with that section. So whatever you want to do next. The one thing that immediately interests me when I picked up this book before I bought it at Target when I was just wanting to throw money away. I also bought it at Target. Yeah. I got the Target sticker on mine, 30% off. Oh my God, you do too. <laughs> Always. And you know, just browsing through the book section, I was like, 
okay, this looks cool. I like the, like, snakes. Like, all right. Like, the book cover kind of spoke to mm-hmm. me. It up and I saw that it was like at Yale with like the map, you know. Yes. I, all right, I'm sold. I see secret houses going on. I see all this stuff happening. I'm ready. Still took me a while to start the book, but that was what really like set me into it because I'm like, okay, whatever's happening, I hope this like author has just created a universe mm-hmm. and. You know, we get to see all the different like inner workings and stuff and I mean she really went there you know she did. I uh, think this was actually something I was going to talk about like it being set at Yale and actually I read her little author bio at the back of the book I don't know if you read it mm-hmm. and it says she was born in Jerusalem grew up in California and graduated from Yale these days she lives and writes in Los Angeles and like Alex is from LA she is a uh, a, a, a Spanish Jew, yeah. I, which Lee Bardugo also is, because I went and Googled it because I was curious. And then she also went to Yale, and you can just tell that she knows all the places that are in this book so well. And I think that's part of what makes the book successful. Exactly. Like, you can tell that she really took elements from her life and made it into her own type of thing, which I really appreciate because having the context of the author really helps like to form a connection with, I feel like all the characters, especially Alex, because in the beginning I was kind of like, girl, I'm not sure about her. Like, okay, not to be shady and not to make fun of people's names. But when I first saw that her name was galaxy, (laughs) is this like a 2015 (laughs) Tumblr? Like, what are we doing here? Oh my God. Yes so concerned and then like I was a lot more relieved when she like went by the name Alex and all this stuff but I was just like are we gonna be fake edgy here like is this what we're doing but like she really she she had me in the first half I'm not okay I was literally that was the meme I was thinking about the entire time I was reading it because I was like the first half I was not sold on this book I was like I am doing this for Laura I'm doing this for the podcast and then by the end like once we get to the middle where the secrets are revealed about Alex and about Darlington. Then I was sold and I was a lot more into the story. Yes. And that was one of the things where it was so, it wasn't hard to get into the book because I was already interested in the topic, but like having all of the context in the beginning, like having to set up everything, like it's mm-hmm. the you have to have all of this exposition to really like figure out where you're standing before you can get more into the plot, which like I understand but at some point, I was just like, I just, I want to know what's going on. I want all the secrets now. Please give them to me. I, I was, that's part of the reason why I was just so confused for a very long time that I was like, not into it because I was just too confused. Yeah. And like, oh, I don't know, but I don't know how else like it would have been possible to structure it in the mm-hmm. way she did because you know, like, everything makes sense by the end of the book, which is obviously how you would normally want it to be, but, like, it's a journey to get there. Exactly. Like, I don't know how the going back and forth in time ended up making sense, because when you go back in time, it's Darlington's point of view, and you can't just start the book off with all of his point of view, and then all of a sudden you switch to Alex's. That wouldn't make any sense. No. And I think it was so much more satisfying to have, like, everything come together 
at 1.2 because then you realize like, oh, all of this makes sense. Now I know what's happening. Ooh, like I just got chills. I'm so happy. I agree. I really liked that you get the Darlington and the Alex, like what the heck happened with Alex that past summer mystery solved back-to-back chapters. So good. So good. Um, I want to see if I have anything else about Alex because I had a list. Like, oh, I liked the fact that she was like her background and her um, her backstory was like not traditional in the sense of like you know a privileged white person mm-hmm. and like ooh she has this, like legacy whatever like we get that with Darlington but she is so not that and having to see her figure out how to like navigate herself through this world too is really interesting but it's not like oh what's the word for it it's not um facetious isn't the right word it's like uh I don't know. I don't know what word I'm looking for, but it's not just thrown in there because like, oh, you know, we're doing this for like, you know, diversity, Mm -hmm. whatever. Like, no, like it's very important to who she is as a person. And it's the reason why she handles things the way that she did all throughout the rest of the book. And I think that the author does a really, really, really good job with explaining, like, all of the other privileged and, like, classist stuff that happens at Yale's, Yale 2, which has a huge impact on how Alex has to figure out what is even going on. Because at certain points, like, I feel like the reader and Alex are both equally lost. Mm-hmm. There are so many levels to what is going on in the secret societies that even she doesn't know and the whole journey to get there is just chef's kiss yes i agree i saw a quote from stephen king and he was like the reason this novel is so good is because the characters are so realistic i don't know if that was on the back of the book or not but i i saw it online too so but i I 100% agree with you laura and i wrote well first of all before i get to the next point this is just like a quick throw-in I couldn't keep track of the houses or what they did for the most part. I had no idea. I got the M, whatever the M one was that did the, the, the glamours or whatever. That was the only one I could keep track of. I only knew skull and bones. I was like, I don't know, especially the ones that are like mentioned one time. I was like, I don't know who you are. I don't know you. I'm so sorry, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know what's going on here, but books so then we can like actually kind of figure out more i'm just saying i'm just she's just throwing it out there but all of that i wrote down on my little my little notebook that i showed laura it's like so tiny it's like smaller than my hand anyways i wrote down societal commentary question mark like everything with alex like when everything's revealed and nobody gets punished for the murder or for dealing all these drugs or anything like that yes Yes, all of that was so, like, I don't know, it, it was, I read books to escape, and at that point, it was, like, kind of too real, because I'm mm-hmm. like, with everything going on on our planet at this point, I'm just like, mm, this is really speaking some truth that I don't want to have spoken to me right now, but, like, you can't ignore it, and I think the author did such a good job of tying, like, 
realism in with the fantasy elements of it because you could actually see this happening in real life aside you know like outside of all the magic like it's uh, to go back to the Stephen King quote like it's really it's fun but it's also real and concrete like it's very concrete I agree. I also got frustrated at the end, and Alex is just like, I did all of this. I almost died three times, maybe four times, and nothing. They're not going to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Got got to calm ourselves down. Can't get too worked up about this. I'm so angry. Um, uh, what was the other thing? Oh, I think, well, I don't know if this, like, gets into another topic yet. That's okay. Do you have anything else to say about that? No. We can move on. So the next thing that I really loved was the whole bridegroom subplot that I, like, originally thought it was just a subplot. I'm like, oh, I love it. Like, I'm getting, like, Harry Potter vibes from here. Like, we love ghosts, you know? And then when it was revealed that, you know, it was all a part of it all along, like, what? Like, this is a very central part of the story, and it's yeah. the reason why, like, Alex is able to figure everything out. Like, oh my gosh, it was mm, that part. And I loved, like, their sassy back and forth, like, you know, the, the good banter that they have. Because um, originally, I, like, kind of liked the bridegroom more than I even liked Alex. Oh my god, that's so funny. I was just kind of like, okay, I kind of vibe with him. Like, he's just, you know, he's a gray, doing whatever. All right. And then as Alex started to grow on me, I got really sus of him because I was like, I don't know. I, I don't trust this man. Like, I don't get why he's being so insistent. And it seemed like he's kind of setting Alex up to fail. But then you realize that they're on the same team. And... Alex is actually helping him and you know like oh my gosh I don't even know where I'm going this with this but like again just yeah just, it's a very well written book <laughs> I what's interesting is I was not sus of the bridegroom really at all oh, also I didn't call him the bridegroom in my plot so I'm gonna call them north so for people who are confused yeah there you go I just remember that but I was not the only time was when he possessed her in her class to write down the dates so that Alex could figure out the connection of all the girls and what Darlington was doing. That was the only time I was like, bruh. But other than that, I just believed him. I don't know why, but I just did. <laughs> I mean, Loki, I'm always sus of male characters. Just, you know, you can't trust them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know why. And I also was just very sus of uh, the Sandow. Is that how you say him? Yes, I was sus of him too. Like, I didn't trust him at all. Not from page one, I didn't trust him. Like, what are you doing? Why are you here? What's happening? I do not trust you. Mm. But I was sus of both of them for, like, most of the book. But I wasn't exactly sure, like, how that would all pan out. Because, like, I, I thought that maybe, like, well, I mean... I don't know. I was just not having it. But mm-hmm. I was happy that North was like, you know, he, I, I was also kind of afraid that he wouldn't have as much of like 
an involvement and he was just kind of like you know a side character like that he was truly just a subplot Mm -hmm. tying him more and more and more into the story i was like all right i can get invested in him you know yeah i did enjoy his subplot or actual plot i guess a lot yeah it was good Let's okay. Wait, before we get to the next thing, let's talk about how I tagged myself as Mercy in the first eighty pages of the book. So, I texted Laura when I got the book, but then I'm gonna pull up my text I sent her. I was reading, and so just as a reminder, Mercy is the roommate, and I tagged myself before the whole rape situation happened. And I feel like I was her at the beginning of the book, in the end of the book, but not the middle of the book. But so basically, this is the text. I'm going to read you the text I sent Laura because I just think it's really funny. Yes. Okay, it says, I'm 79 pages into the book and at the scene where Alex and Mercy go eat breakfast at the dining hall. And I've decided to tag myself as Mercy because she wears eccentric floral patterns and is trying to party but fails. Plus, she marked up Alex's essay with red pen and I too have done that for friends. Will this end up being an accurate tag by the end of the book? I don't know. But I guess I'll find out. And then I said, I'm now on page 81, so two pages later. And I see she's from a wealthy suburb of Chicago. And I, too, am from a wealthy suburb in Chicago. Yeah, very, very accurate, very on brand. As someone who has been with Emma and seen her outfits, she does wear eccentric floral patterns sometimes. Here. Here, we can pull out. I have three shirts right next to each other. And they're all Flora. I'm going to show Laura. Here's one. This one's new, so you haven't seen this one. Ooh. I was going to say I haven't seen that one. Oh, my God. Actually, there's four. Here's one. And then here's another. And they're all next to each other in my closet. And there's a lot more where that came from. Point proven. Mercy did give very Emma vibes. And then at the end, she goes and is like, Alex, bro, you can't just not do your schoolwork and hide out here and be sick. You got to go take care of yourself. I called your mom. <laughs> very emma as well she would be that friend that would be like no you gotta go do your schoolwork and i'd be like okay i was the go do your homework friend like really hardcore very much so which is appreciated so yes in the beginning and at the end very very on brand for emma in the middle of the book not really quite questionable yes everything else absolutely very appropriate tag i just felt like i had to put this in here for all of them because i thought it was hilarious and maybe they will too 100 percent. i was gonna bring it up if you weren't so. <laughs> oh my god yeah. all right let's talk about well this is like i texted you about this this is i feel like we're gonna have some good discussion Let's talk about that speculation on Darlington because, like I said, at the end, they figure out that he's actually not dead. He is a demon, I guess. And the only way you can be a demon is if you kill someone. So who did Darlington kill? His parents. (laughs) Yeah, for background, I didn't talk really about him a lot because I was confused as I was doing my summary. And basically, Darlington was raised by his grandfather, who ended up dying in the house and left the house to Darlington. And his parents wanted him to sell the house so they could get money. And his parents really didn't care about him at all other than as a way to get the money. And they left him at the house for six months before showing up on Christmas. And also for context, Darlington won't talk about his family with anybody. Yes. So 
100% to me, he absolutely killed his parents. I, yeah, my first thought was he killed his grandpa because, like, not in, like, a mean way, but in kind of, like, a merciful slash my parents are ruining the estate that we both love and cherish, and I know it goes to me, so if you die, they can't stay here and just ruin it way, but then I was like, hmm, his parents show up at Christmas, and then you never hear of them again, and he didn't like his parents, and he won't talk about them. Yeah. Yeah. I think he killed them. (laughs) (laughs) I have, and I, like, I really don't have any other solid proof than just the fact that I think he did, because (laughs) he really hated them because of like how you know they just kind of abandoned him and I mean they left him alone for like six months after his grandpa died they clearly only wanted him for money like I don't think there's any familial real bond outside of being you know connected to them through blood so I feel like he wouldn't have a problem with killing them you know yeah and uh- I agree with you, and I feel like in book two, what the throwback is going to be is, like, a throwback to uh, Darlington during that time of growing up, and we see, like, a scene, at least one chapter will be, like, who he killed, because we need to know. Yes, we do need to know, honestly. And I was very confused as to who Darlington was at the beginning, because I'm like, why is his name Darlington? Is this a nickname? Like, what's going on here? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was also confused, and I thought it was a last name until you finally find out that his full name is Daniel Tabor Arlington, the fourth or something like that. Maybe the fifth. I don't know what his dad's name was, but his grandpa was the third. Yeah. So, you yeah. know that you know that's how you know he it comes from uh, the blue bloods. You know, when you got a number behind your name, then like, oh, we got an institution here to uphold. And you know. I- my brother is the second, actually, not a junior, because my dad and my brother have the same name, but uh, we don't have a mansion uh, on a hill like Darlington and his family have, but I also feel like second is different than third or fourth or something like that, because you're, you're just the second, you know? Yeah, like it's the beginnings of the institution. Mm-hmm. Once you have the third, definitely by the fourth, like, okay, we got to talk. Yeah. But Yeah. With Darlington, my other thing was, like, the thing with Alex about him maybe liking her, but then did she maybe also like him? I was confused. I have no idea. Like, I was kind of getting some vibes that there could be, like, a subtle romance thing going on, but also, no, because I feel like for them also, it's a very, like, mentor- you know, like, mentee type of relationship going on. So I don't know if, like, they see, like, I don't know. But then sometimes also I'm like, I think they could like each other. Like the scene where he gets uh, drugged at the party and he is, uh, I don't, I don't remember exactly how it went down, but he, like, went on his knees and was like, yeah I don't even know like by Alex and then but then it was like that was almost a turning point and then at any point after that I was like I think there was only like one or two scenes after that from Darlington's perspective any at those ones I was like maybe he does like her yeah like I think like I think he's confused yes like us probably 
Honestly, I would hope he would be confused. Then I was like, does Dawes miss Darlington because she likes him, which would be kind of weird because she's older than them. Or does she just miss him because he was her only real friend? Yeah. I think that could make sense, too. Like, they were close, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like that's probably what it was, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. We'll just have to find out when we get the second book. I'm manifesting this into existence. I, I'm just going to repeat it over and over and hope that the author answers my prayers. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't necessarily need a series, right? I just need the second book because I need to know what happens with Darlington and the demon aspect of all of that. Like, we need some clarity, and I'm just curious. Yes. Even though I was very confused with, like, what was going on with Darlington, I was more invested with him before Alex. Like, Same. I to know. And, you know, like, oh, he's... Be- and the only constant, the only thing that I was sure of was that he would be mentioned again and again and again because Alex was always thinking about him. Yes. Or- in his perspective like he was probably the only other character that I was specifically was like okay I gotta pay attention to him outside of like everything else going on at least in the first like several hundred pages because I was kind of lost yeah this also this is a 450 page book so it was quite lengthy and it's like a long book like it's bigger than a normal book yeah, like, I mean, and the text isn't, like, the text is, like, big. Yeah. Like, you still got a lot of words on every page. Like, we're not messing around here. It's not. hmm you know. I also, like, I really thought Darlington was dead, and, like, there was no bringing him back, but I was also, like, how could that be possible when he's so important? So when it turns out that he's a demon, I was kind of like, you know what? I'm not that shocked. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Alex was going to die at the end, though, for a solid 50 pages. I really thought she was going to die. And again, this goes along with my whole I thought it was a standalone at the time I was reading it sort of vibe. But I was also like, how can she should she can't die. But I was also like, I think she's going to die. Yeah. Well, and my thing that I was thinking of was if she would die, I feel like if she would have died, it wouldn't have been a big deal because of like her powers or whatever. Maybe she could have been, like, able to come back as a ghost or something. Like, who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe she could have, you know, consumed a soul like uh, Daisy did. Let me tell you. Let's just switch gears and go into this whole ending. Like, unless you have anything else to say. No, that's it. Bruh. When we got to this point of everything falling into place, I was like, oh my gosh, who's like the person going to be? Because as I said before, I was sus from Sando from the beginning. I was like, all right, there's no freaking way. Like he is shifty. I don't like him. But then I was like, okay, but if it's him, that's kind of like obvious in a way, because of course the person who would be in control of all the stuff would be the bad person, you know? And then, oh my God gosh seeing that like it was a long long line and there was a history behind it yeah of this lady just killing people over and over again yeah i was so like when alex shows up at the party that sando was at and we hear that balbum is there i get a little suspicious because i'm like 
why is it mentioned she's here? So I'm like, what if she's in on it? And the thing is, she's not necessarily in on it, but like she was a part of the whole mystery we were unraveling. And I was like, oh my God. I like the whole thing about her being Daisy shocked. I did not see that coming. Whoa. Oh, it was so good. And I was like, and like going back to your point, like she was kind of adjacent throughout the whole thing. Like I'm a sucker for like, a great professor who really you know just like wants to help those struggling students like I was like oh I 100% I'm not suspicious of her at all I think she's great like I love that Alex can have someone at Yale to help her and then I was like by the end of it when she was at the party I was like I have a bad feeling about this yeah I have a bad feeling there was one point, like, going back to the bridegroom, there was one point when we find out it's Daisy, I was like, bruh, is he gonna turn on Alex because he's, like, still in love with Daisy? And he didn't, but I thought he might for, like, I don't know, maybe, like, 0.5 seconds, you know? Yeah, like, I, and that, and that's the other thing that I love about all these characters and the way that this was set up is because you really don't no, like anything could kind of happen, especially with the twist at the end, because I was really just kind of expecting it to be Sando and like, okay, this is fine. Like, all right, maybe we'll get some undercover, like, oh, shifty Yale money, which we kind of did, like Mm -hmm. that stuff, like administrative, like institutional stuff. But then it's like, no, like we have this whole tie into the supernatural and the whole other thing of what Alex has been trying to figure out this whole time for why all these societies are so secret is because they got to kill people in order to, you know, continue on, which... I mean, we already knew, like, kind of from the beginning, but it really solidified itself when, like, you know, because the whole Tara Hutchinson thing, I was, like, not sure entirely how it really mattered. Like, like, probably for, you know, the majority, like, literally the first 300 pages. Like, I was just like, why is Alex so invested in this? I know it doesn't make sense, but, like, why does she care? Why does, like why i also feel like the thing was she's like oh i'm thinking about heli and i'm thinking about how town people don't matter and i'm thinking that the crime scene looks weird but i still am like but why were you literally so invested like you were right to be but like also i just i'm not quite there i feel like it wasn't fully clear yeah and it's fine if it was just, like, instinct or whatever, because I guess she could have that, like, you know, with her powers and stuff. Like, yeah. She wasn't right. But, like, I just kind of wish that we had a little bit more, not explanation, but just, like, slightly more context for why she felt so off by it, because I think that would have helped me understand why, kind of where we were going. And I mm-hmm. wouldn't have... But then again, going back to the point of like, oh, now everything fits together at the end, I get it. But if we had like a sentence or two of just maybe why Alex was so, you know, just slightly there. But again, with the whole background of Alex and Heli and all of that stuff, like. Okay, that scene when Heli possesses her, that was another one of those gruesome scenes where I was like I'm gonna puke this is so gross yeah I forgot truly how gruesome some of the stuff was in this book and when you sent your text of like this book was so gruesome I'm like I forgot I think I kind of 
some of it out because it was very intense at points it really was i gave a trigger warning at the beginning of my uh, plot summary because i was like we're not going to talk about a lot of the like really bad stuff but you just need to know in case you want to read this book yeah it was very intense especially with like in not even with like i don't know some of the like rituals and stuff like that was gross mm-hmm. like it wasn't on the level of just, you know, the possession or, like, things at the end or the whole thing with Mercy. Like, those things. I think the worst was uh, Alex at the Butterfly Place. Mm-hmm. That was the worst. I was like, oh, my God. I can't believe I just read that. I know. Like, ugh. I feel like that's all we need to say about it. Yeah, that's all. That's it. We don't want to say anything more about that. I'm like thinking about it, but I don't want to elaborate. Yeah. Uh uh-uh. <laughs> Sorry to bring the mood down near the end. <laughs> Is there anything else? We covered everything I had because a lot of things that I had on here, we ended up talking about in your points. I think that's all I had too. I don't. Oh, okay. I think. The last thing that I wanted to say, which is kind of what I've been saying this whole time, but, like, just to reiterate, was just that, like, well, okay, kind of adjacent to my point was that I love the whole idea of the fact that there's, like, a word for what the wheel walker and, like, what Daisy was and what Alex is and getting an idea into what not Alex could become because obviously she already shifted away from what Daisy became. So like being able to see how Alex deals and continues on with her life in the second book, when we get it, who knows? But I don't know. I I, really that concept. I also, I agree, but I still don't understand what a wheel walker it like I understand the like talking to like ghosts part and being able to see them and all that, but I don't understand the like I can be a nexus wherever I am part. Did that make like I don't know if you remember that part at the very end? Yeah, I do. I think like maybe I don't understand either. Maybe that's something we need to learn about in the next book when we get it. I feel like we would is because Dawes was like her whole dissertation is on tarot cards and stuff like that and Alex like the whole thing is from a tarot card so I bet Dawes like might know some things about it and I feel like we would get more research and like information in the second book yeah that would make sense because I think there's probably like I feel as though with all things in a book on secret societies there's always more to it than you would be given initially so, yeah. That is everything I had, unless you have anything else. I really enjoyed having you. I think it's fun because we both picked out different parts that we kind of wanted to talk about. Like, you brought up some ideas that I hadn't thought about a lot, and I was like, yes, though. I'm glad we're discussing this. Yes. It was so fun. I'm so happy we got to talk about it, and thank you for... I'm like, I hope that overall you enjoyed the book. It sounds like you did. I did. Yeah. By the end, I did enjoy it. Like that, like they had me in that first half, but by the second half, I was enjoying it. (laughs) Yay. Well, this was so fun. I'm so happy we got to talk about it. Yeah, me too. I really enjoyed it.
Yeah, thanks for uh, recommending me the book and uh, hopping on and talking with me. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Yes. Uh, maybe one day you'll see Laura. Well, I guess you'll hear Laura again on my podcast one day. When we get the second book. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I just want to give Laura one last thank you. It was so awesome having her on. If you liked me having a guest on the podcast, let me know. I'd love to have other people on or even bring Laura back again because it was really fun being able to talk with a legit person instead of just myself. As always, make sure that you go check out my Instagram so you can see Laura and I's screenshot. It's not very pretty, but we took it and I'm going to post it anyways. Check out my website, iwriteabookonceblog.com to see uh, other opinions I have about writing and books and reading and stuff like that. And make sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate it so other people can find it. This was I Read a Book Once, and next time I'll be talking about Take a Hint, Danny Brown by Talia Hibbert. We're throwing it back to romance because after this dark read, I needed something light and fluffy. So I'll catch you guys next time. Bye.